Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Unsung Heroes. It's lovely to be back. This week we are going to be chatting with Kim Wilde, my beautiful sister. And we're going to be talking about the new Greatest Hits compilation, which is just being released. And um, yeah, it's, it's basically encompasses the whole catalogue of tracks we've been working on for so many years. But Lee very kindly came down, as did Kimmy, and we decided we were going to have a good old talk and really delve into the nitty gritty of all these old tracks. Um, I really hope you enjoy it. We absolutely loved it. And it's so lovely to go back and talk about all those old times and the recording and the whole process of where the ideas came from and it's in two parts because obviously there's two cds and we're we're going through track by track as they appear on the cd so without further ado let's get cracking into it i'll hand you over to lee bennett hello everyone um it's lee bennett here on ricky wilde's unsung heroes it is a really really special occasion today because we are here to celebrate the forthcoming release of pop don't stop the definitive and only proper greatest hits of ms kim wilde and i am so thrilled to say i have the chance to be here with ricky wilde and kim wilde today and we are going to talk music in depth for the next however many hours how exciting <laughs> when we ha- we haven't actually done that before have we we haven't really at all and this is a great time to do it 40 years into our career sir and with pop don't stop the greatest hits it's such an amazing collection cherry red have just done us so proud yeah the fans are you know when the announcement came out uh, you know the 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 twitterverse was was lively when people could see what the the cd looked like and what the amazing deluxe box set looks like that's just got absolutely everything anyone could ever want on it so uh yeah we are we are going to do a proper track by track 
of the two CDs uh, on the main release, and then um, later on we will hopefully catch you up with uh, with some some other goodies as well that you can find across the uh, the other discs as well. So I can honestly say I'm really looking forward to um, to de- delving back into those years and and bringing back all those lovely memories because we've got such amazing stories and lovely memories, haven't we, of those days? Amazing memories. And I was saying to you earlier, I've just been moving a lot of my old stuff from one room to another area in the house and to find the things that I've been finding, even the cassettes, and, and I've got a cassette player which I was uh, smart enough to keep hold of mm. uh, and still works amazingly. Only just, though, and putting those uh, cassettes on, listening to your early demos, our early stuff, uh, stuff that when I started writing, um, yeah, it's, it's just magical, really. To, it takes you straight back, so you'll have to come and do that with me at some point, Rick. It's really fun. I look forward to that. <laughs> I wonder how much of it you've forgotten, Ricky. Uh, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you haven't. It'll all come back to you. You'll know it as soon as you hear it. <laughs> so one of the things that struck me when I first saw the track list for Pop Don't Stop is how very you it was to be so very out there and not put the track list in chronological order, which is what most people would have expected of something like this. You know, that's the normal thing to do. And it was like, this is so you to do to do the unexpected with this was there what was the thought behind just that process being so different well we gave um matt bristow at cherry red um a a real um long lead on this whole thing i think sometimes when you're working with people you've got to let them do what they do um we know what we do um you know we know exactly what we're doing when we're in the studio and recording and when you have someone full of enthusiasm for a project like this saying i really want to do this and this is how we're going to do it you say yeah go with it and i think um so we we took a big step back actually and just let matt get on with it and that's why i keep mentioning cherry red because they really they're doing it for a lot of artists now i can see all the great uh research that they're doing and and the great love that they have for the the artists that they work with and respect and so we've given that respect back to them and just said get on with it and when they came back with that uh you know that that track listing uh i was i was really i was a bit surprised yeah um but i thought i trusted them yeah and I think Rick, you felt the same way. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's, I think it's lovely that they are. Uh, we, we do things differently, and I, and yeah. they kind of get that. And it's I like a good that. way to I do like. it because I think, as well as we'll talk about shortly, there are some songs on there that, particularly for the British fans, they might not be as familiar with. And actually, hearing them mixed in in the way that they will be with the songs that they'll know they'll be more familiar with is a great way for mm. them to discover them. It'll yeah. be a lovely discovery journey, yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah, doing it in that way. So we're going to kick off yeah. with disc one. Okay. And the first song on disc one is The Second Time, which is what a way to open things. You know, a live <laughs> favourite, I think. Yeah. I'm sure oh, when I've spoken yeah. to Scarlett, she says it's her favourite, I think, to play live. Yeah. 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 I and think it's changed. It's evolved into what it is now. Um, yeah. it, we, we never used to do it live. But so now, since the advent of uh, Ableton and all the synths that we've got, all the all the new technology that we have for live performances it's um it's really transformed and um and we we love performing that now well yeah it's sort of got it's got the rock edge now so it's it's a a guitar funk dance thing that we can have a lot of fun with and um and the audience seem to really love it too so um when i look i think we've we're we're in love with the song now in a way we probably weren't with it um back in the day when I look yeah. at the um, the arrangements in terms of who played what on it, you played everything. 
I and did, when you read yes. the list of, of this is like a flashback in time to the 80s so you play Roland Stratocaster Yamaha Mini Moog and Synclavier and Clavier, too yeah. and you played yeah. all of that yeah, yeah. Well, that was um, actually one of the first tracks that um, I wrote with the, the Synclavier, but that had only just come, come into the studio. Um, the Price of a House, but it was an uh, amazing, amazing bit of kit and very inspiring, and it inspired me to write it. So, um, yeah, it was worth every penny. I think yeah. also it was it was quite inspired by the, sort of the Trevor Horn thing. Oh, absolutely. It? Trevor, and, he's a boss. And, um, very futuristic. Quite, quite futuristic in a way. Yeah, yeah, it was, and the video became that. You Barbarella. Know, it, it, yeah, it was. It was very um, sci-fi and yeah. um, apocalyptic, and and we had a lot, a lot of fun with the video, um, and it it completely um, c- captured the atmosphere of the song. It was one of the few videos that actually really captured the um, atmosphere of the song perfectly. Unlike some others where I was holding a Hoover and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the touch. Yeah. For the touch. I think the yeah, touch. Yeah, yeah. I think you know we love the touch as a great song, and then the video just let it down horribly. Yeah. But I think the second time we we, kept, we came up trumps. Yeah, <laughs> do you still so. have the outfits from the second time? Do you do you keep hold of those sorts of things? I've got a few things from that time. I mean, quite a few things have gone for charity and auction. So someone out there's got them. I've got a few pieces left. Rumours were back in the day that you weren't happy with the fact that the record label chose a cover image from that video in that outfit for the Teases and Dares album because you didn't necessarily feel it was representative of the album. Do you remember feeling I that I do way? remember feeling that. I just, I think at the time I was doing a lot of promotion around the world and it was really hard to keep track with, you know, we didn't have email then. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, can you imagine that? Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah, so, so weird. Write them a letter. Yeah, so yeah. I'd be sort of like on a, on a plane back from Denmark or France or something and a decision would have to be made and you know stuff had to get done yeah. how did we um, function in those days I just, got... I just don't know how we did it <laughs> you were and busy with your Synclavier you didn't yeah. care I remember getting back from abroad somewhere and and that you know and then I kind of took a drive up to Hertfordshire where our, you know where the office was in Nebworth and and being presented with a decision that had actually already been made um, and there was there, I think in a way from, for me just because I was a young 20 year old or something I just didn't like people always just making decisions for me all the time and um there was a little bit of that going on at that time yeah mostly for practical reasons mostly because yeah, yeah. i really wasn't in the uk i was always in the, the rest of the world so i i got over it though <laughs> i got over it the album did okay and and um, we were you know we rick and i was really focused on the music and things like image and stuff they came a, not even a close second actually we, we, it was always about the music and the production and making the best record we could make and you know a lot of the times as I said before I think the videos really supported our music and there were just one or t- two times when they didn't yeah no I think and you look back at the second time video now and it's just it's it's it just epitomizes the 80s it, it really does, yeah. It yeah. does. It's, yeah. Yeah. it's very it cool is. it's really fun it's a it's perfect pop yeah um, so track two is a real classic it's never trust a stranger oh yeah how do you feel about this one today um probably one of your most timeless i would say in terms of sounds as fresh i think oh okay oh thank you that's nice to hear we we love performing this one as well that that's a that's always a crowd favorite and um yeah it's a lovely one to perform but i remember writing it literally it came so quickly the the chorus and um yeah, just it's, sometimes it's very strange. Sometimes you'll write something, and then the first thing that comes into your head 
just to sing along with to to make it feel so you kind of get into the into the melody and the feel of the song and how it's going to sound um and the you just sing the first words that come into your head and that, and they were that was it never trust a stranger with your heart and um and it came very very quickly and um programmed it up within i think it was about half an hour an hour the the the, the bare bones of it and um and then i just uh, Kimmy was um, working in the in the back house at the time with Steve Bird, writing. Um, hey, Mr. Hartake. Hey, Mr. Hartake. Yes, yeah, that's yeah. right. And um, and so she came in for a cup of coffee, to grab a coffee, and I said, "Oh, have a listen to this. What do you think?" And um, straight away, I could tell that she really loved it, oh, and it, we, we just we just we just knew that there was something there with it, and um, yeah. and yeah, so we just. Uh, carried on recording and, and developing it and getting the production ideas um, I was very influenced by Pet Shop Boys at the time, I, I loved It's a Sin and all, all the stuff that they were doing then, a wonderful, love, big big drum sounds and very dramatic um, sounds yeah, I, I love all that yeah, yeah, I love, I, I really love that stuff, so um, so it's very hev- heavily in- influenced um, by that, by the production of that, so yeah, so that's where all that came from, loved it yeah, one of, it's one of my favourites, Never Trust a Stranger, to perform and... Um, you get to really belt it, don't I you? I get to really belt it out yeah. and, yeah, it's, it really suits my voice and, you know, we know where that sort of sweet range is now, Rick and I, and we sort of look for it when we're writing songs. Where does your, so- you know, where does your voice sound really good? It sounds quite good up there, so let's go up there then. And so we've a lot of our songs do go up there quite a lot because that's really where I can uh, cut a note. Mm. Um but of course, I can go down down to you know the other end the too, smoky range. the smoky range, and I enjoy going down there too when I do. But um, I think probably when think people think of my voice, they think of it up there, belting it out. And of all, of all the songs that I've done, "Stranger" is the you know the ultimate song to do that with. Absolutely, mm. and, um, I remember when we were mixing that as well. Um, Obviously, um, there was a chap called Julian Mendelssohn, who's an, an absolute legend remixer and producer and um, engineer. And he'd been working with the Pet Shop Boys, doing um, all of their stuff. And I just thought he could be an amazing addition to the um, production and, and mixing of, of that track. So... Um, I called him up and I said, would you be up for mixing it? And bless him, he said yes. And he came down to, uh, to our studio, at Select Sound Studios that we had, um, and he, ca- he came in and um, lit up a joint and, <laughs> and got cracking on it. <laughs> and he just absolutely smashed it. And, um, but, yeah, a wonderful guy who, who now lives in um, Australia and we did manage to bump into him um, oh, nice. uh, a few years ago when we were touring there. But um, lovely man, uh, very very understated and um yeah loved him but he absolutely smashed the mix on that he did too now track three now uh, a recurring theme i think we will cover off um in some of these discussions is singles choices in terms of why some were singles and some weren't and track three is something that was never a single in the uk but by golly it should have been it's million miles away million miles away yeah. Love yeah 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 what a stunner mm. it's such a beautiful song and such a beautiful video. The gorgeous video. It's a gorgeous video. Um, That's the airport video, he, isn't it? Yeah, some gorgeous man that I got to just smooch up with all day. <laughs> and um, I had the best, best time doing that video. It was 
gorgeous. Um, the song, um, I think lyrically is one of my favourite lyrics that I've written. Yeah. Um, it's one of those classic, there are several when I look back, that are just classic Kim and Ricky tracks. Yeah. It, it, it's, that's, that it's got that magic. It's, it's the harm, mm. the melody, the lyric, the production. Mm. It's you two together it always just seems to work when there's nobody else involved mm. in the writing it seems i think that's the purest yeah well the, the, the great thing with the with our partnership our writing partnership is that kim we're on so on the same level of um lyri- lyrically how how we think it should go and um, i mean with a million miles away again that um our engineer at that time uh, jim richards who's um still a, a, a wonderful guy and a lovely a real close friend of mine we see each other a lot and um and his father recently passed away like literally like a week before that was written and so that that was kind of in my mind i was thinking you're a million miles away and that that again that that's the first thing i sung like you're a million miles away but i feel you in my heart and and then I, I kind of said, look, this is the idea to Kimmy. And sa- same with Stranger. I said, look, mm. this is the idea. Never trust a stranger. Make it dark. And and um, and straight away, just Kim is so on the on the same level. And um, and she just kind of come, you know, goes away, takes it with her, and just lives and breathes it for a, for a couple of days, and then comes back and says, look, this is a lyric I've got. What do you think? And um, mm. and you smashed it on on both of those. On yeah, it's, it's a song we're def- we're, yeah. we're definitely really looking forward. To introducing back into the set oh, yeah. when we do the yeah. greatest hits uh, tour next year. Lovely to hear that. Um, so we're definitely going to bring that back to life, aren't we, Ruth? Yeah, have, we, have we performed that? I can't remember now. We, we do you know what? We haven't. We haven't. We haven't have we? because we kind of got to a point where we had so many singles and we decided yeah, to keep our set yeah. very single centric. Yeah. Um, but you know, we've got other places we can go with it now. And then, of course, we've got a very interesting um, combination of um, approaches to the greatest hits tour because we have so many songs so we're doing some of them sort of a segue we're uh, you know putting songs together of a, of a similar genre idea. stuff mm. like that just so <laughs> and that means that we get to have a lot of songs on the set uh, that people go oh and, and million miles away will be one of those i often think sometimes some songs are either an answer to another song or like or directly follow and because they're in consequential albums i always think that uh, never trust a stranger the part two of never trust just never trust a stranger is can't get enough which we'll talk about in a minute and then i always feel million miles away has a similar sonic feel to those two it feels like those three tracks flow as a kind of story okay so make a note of that rick we'll make sure that we put those (laughs) together there's just something about the way that they flow i think if you played those three together they feel like they're telling a story from sort of start to finish in a a strange sort of way so track four is a very important one for you kim it's another step so it's your first the first time that one of the songs that you've written is a single and not just a single but it's a smash it's a top 10 smash with junior how did it feel having one of your songs well it was just fantastic you know it was wonderful to um have my career begin the way it did it, it was glorious um but all the while, I always knew that if I didn't d- develop as a songwriter, then it wouldn't mean as much to me, you know, it, uh, these beautiful gifts of songs and the people who I admired, the great songwriters. And I wanted to be, to be part of that club. Um, 
or even a little bit of a part of that club you know I knew I wasn't going to end up being Joni Mitchell but I thought I, I have got something to contribute here um, since it's my career after all so let's just give it a go and I tried and I wrote a load of really crap songs because <laughs> lots of all songwriters do but I don't think um, you did though you say that I don't I, I remember everything you played was was great I, I yeah, just liked well, everything see, that's you know it's interesting I had a conversation with my son today who was just talking about all the crap songs he writes and I think they're all great too and not just because I'm his mum so I think there is that whole kind of tortured artist effect that yeah. all creative people oh, do and I'm sure you would say you've written a lot of crap songs and I was I definitely no, I, no, I know no. I definitely have <laughs> so um yeah kind of uh, get, getting through that kind of the, the crap factor any creative person has to do it whether you're a painter or whatever you're doing creatively the only person that could stop you is yourself and uh, luckily I when I started teaming up with Steve Bird uh, he and I got on really really well and he he was uh, yeah he was he, an amazing guitarist incredible talent and we used to have fun writing and another step really embodied that um, I was over the moon when it was a big hit and it encouraged yeah. me to carry on writing it was great, was it written gave as me a great duet? confidence did you picture it as a duet when you wrote it um, I can't remember. I don't think that we did. Um, I think that that sort of came about with some conversations and how to freshen the whole thing up. And we were huge fans of Junior Giscombe. You know, obviously we just adored Mummies to Say and just enjoyed the, that incredible soul voice of his. Um, can't remember how we made the connection in the end, but um, it was an inspired moment. And mm. then he come, came into our life and ended up being, you know, quite a big part of my career yeah, for a few he years. Yeah, several times. You know, and hey, Mr. Heartache, and a few other things. Yeah. And did you feel nervous that it was chosen as the second single to, you know, following up You Keep Me Hanging On? Was that was going to be a tough proposition? Whatever song you picked from Another Step, how did you feel that it was one of yours that was picked to do that? Do you remember feeling nervous about it? Yeah, I was it? really nervous at the time, yeah. I was amazed when it went when it did so very well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was um, it was like the beginning steps. Another step was just another step, beginning steps for me as a songwriter and and um, gave me, you know, as I said, the confidence to carry on and yeah. and put myself in that club that I wanted to be in, the songwriters club. Yeah. And, um, and I thought I don't, my, you know... Yeah, I, I don't my whatever it is that you have to do to get into that club. And Ricky did a, a real stellar job in terms of the the single version sounds wildly different to the original version on the album. You've, yep. You gave it some real pizzazz. Yeah, well, the, I think the album version had like a live kit on it, and it was all recorded as a live Quite kind of um, yeah, the yeah, yeah, sound yeah. Of the single. And um, and and I, I, I did I did like that version, but I just felt that as a single, it just needed to be a little bit more. Pizzazzy, I think. So I just got on the Fairlight. Just um, yeah, yeah I, I had the Fairlight, Fairlight Two at the time, and I just got on that and just started programming um, some beats and yeah, and it just kind of again it evolved. Uh, kept the original vocals. Or oh, did we re-record some of the vocals? Maybe can't remember. But um, yeah, but it, it, but yeah, loved loved um, loved producing that. So uh, yeah, an absolute pleasure. Loved it. Yeah, it's a great one. Now we move on and back to um, Love Is Again for what was the second single from Love Is, which is Heart Over Mind, which is not really a wild song in the sense that you're, there's no writing duties for either of you on it. Um, do you have good memories of that one? Dave Monday, very involved. I think I heard that song when I was working with um, Rick Knowles, didn't I? Mm. I think that's when I'd heard it and he'd played it to us. Um, 
and I loved it. I just thought it was a beautiful song, and the video is beautiful. It's one of those things where they, the whole thing did come together really well, but it didn't translate much as a Kim Wilde song. It sounded like a great record, but um, no one thought it sounded like a great Kim Wilde record. Um, and I think there were times in our career, obviously like all careers, where you, you try something else. You want to yeah. go down a different road a bit, see where you can push the boundaries, see what, see what people are going to bite, what they're not going to bite. Not that you do everything because you want to get bitten, but, you know, obviously everyone loves to have some success and have yeah. a hit. And, and, and it, sometimes it's, I think it took us quite a lot of years to realise what it is that we had and, and, and that we didn't have to kind of keep changing it that we could actually keep it and go back to expand on it like yeah. we did with um the album here come the aliens where we kind of went back to our roots and and did it all again yeah. but kind of fresh so but yeah heart of the mind was a classy song lovely chord changes um beautiful musically uh, just didn't yeah. make the charts, but you know that's not well, the end of the world. It's top it counts. It's top forty hit, so it's a hit. We'll count it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll take that. Um, yep. Yeah. <laughs> the one for me for the, when, when we talk about single choices, the one for me that I always wanted to be the second single and a single at any point was "Touched by Your Magic" because that's still my favourite song. Uh, yeah. Now, "Touched by Your Magic" is one of my all-time favourite songs that we've recorded. Oh, oh well, wow. I think it's absolutely Melody beautiful. Is gorgeous. Yeah, it's a beautiful oh. song, and you know, and Rick and I talk about doing a um what do you call it uh, a not an anti-talk anti-talk, anti-talk. Uh, that's what it's called <laughs> don't where did you get that idea that from means, but, but we we have t- talked about anti-talk <laughs> um with with yourself lee uh, on, on several <laughs> a occasions bit. A bit. and yeah i think it's a that would that song would mm. find its way there oh it's a beaut it's mm. a beaut. I remember writing that with um, a very dear friend of mine mick silver who had um a solo um, career as a as a singer back in the day, back in the eighties, and that's where I met him. I was going to be producing him. Uh, we became very close friends. A lovely, lovely man. And um, things didn't work out for him, and he went into recruitment, I think, and did very, very well. Um, but he was such a great writer. Had a lovely energy about him, and we just kept in contact. And like y- years after, he just phoned me up, and said, "What are you up to?" I said, "Oh, doing this, doing that." And he said, uh, "Fancy doing a bit of writing?" I said, "Yeah, why not?" And he came and we wrote uh, three or four tracks. I think, and one of them was uh, touched by a magic, and um, yeah, it's a lovely process. Junior on backing vocals, on yeah, that one yeah, as yeah, well. yeah. So he's he's back. Yeah. He was back for that one. Yeah, oh. adding a bit of magic, pardon yeah. the pun, to that one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Lovely. Thanks so, for reminding us about that one, Lee. Oh, it's <laughs> one of my favourites. It, it always will be. Um, and, and and track six is is one of your biggies. It's four letter word. Oh, it's yeah. the song that changed the path for close as an album in terms of it rocketed it back into the charts it took it into the top 10 you'd had massive success with the singles already album had done done well but four letter word took it to an absolute other level it was you know i think people saw a complete other side of you kim that we'd seen and heard as fans on on albums before particularly the slower stuff yeah but the general public hadn't thought of you as a ballad yeah it showcased a a depth that they hadn't really witnessed before they heard my voice um in a way they hadn't heard before and that was yeah that was very um yeah had it kind of cut through and and surprised people i think they were used to hearing me shouting out my stuff and yeah 
And it was, it was like you say, only fans would know the more yeah. mellow side of Kim, and yeah. we and there was a lot of mellow stuff, yeah. beautiful stuff that you know we, that on our on our albums, but not that anyone else, unless they'd bought the album, would know about. So yeah, Four Letter Word was really opened up the whole thing massively. Yeah. And it's, it kind of it's that Four Letter Word sounds what I call sophisty pop. That's a that's a kind of a term for that era where it was really sophisticated luxurious sounding pop and it fitted so much with things that you loved at that time it had that climby fisher scritty politty it, it just had a sheen a shine mm. a polish mm. to it but, but not overdone it was just it fitted with that yeah. time yeah so well yeah, yeah. And, and again that came very quickly the whole thing came with, very written with dad um yeah that yeah that was um written dad came up with the with the title four letter word and um yeah that was, it again it all came very quickly the song was the the music and the melody was it was uh very 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 quick but i think hour. it's one of dad's best lyrics i think it was up for an I think award, it's an Ivan Novello, and just absolutely justifiably. And um, I remember him playing it in the front of our studio on the guitar. You know, he was just p- picking away on his guitar, playing the, the kind of the da 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 da. I thought, what's he doing? It kind of sounded really sort of. Um, like something from the 50s or something. The bossa Nova. Or, yeah, but like yeah. a Bossa Nova thing. I, I thought, that's typical dad. You know, he goes down the most weird roads, but, you know, he really hit gold on that particular yeah. road. Mm. Tough one to sing live, I imagine. Um, I thought it would be tough because actually um, it, it, it sounds that, doesn't it? But actually live, yeah. it's one of the ones I really, oh, really I really nail it every time because my voice knows the song so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how to get that, vo- that, that melody across and I work really hard at it because it does need to, you have to pay attention. But, um, you know, we're very aware when people are in the audience, they don't want to hear an approximation of that song that they went out and bought. They want to hear it note for note. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my dad always reminded me that you know i'd be in i remember in the early days when i was rehearsing and uh, i might be scat singing a bit of some of the songs just because i got kind of a bit fed up playing singing them over and over and then he would come up and i, I always felt like hitting him and he said kim stick to the melody <laughs> <laughs> stick the to the thing melody. is it, you know when you're crafting a melody you spend so long yeah. on getting each note and sometimes lengths and, and it, you know it has to be bang on and you, you can change one of those notes and it just totally it just loses something and you can't put your finger on why but it, it just does it just doesn't sound as good it's not as punchy it's not as succinct it's not selling the song and um i, I think uh, it's very easy to just you get you get so used to singing the the original melody that sometimes you just want to try something a little bit different but obviously the, the the punters they 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 don't hear it like we yeah. do you know so no, the, the they want to hear, hear the original what they, what they, they want to hear the original yeah, yeah. melody they hear the original and i do i mean very very occasionally when we're working with other artists i hear them do that i hear them kind of defer to a, a maybe slightly more soul jazz vibe of their original and unless you're actually going down that road yeah. and doing like your jazz jazz version of some of, of a song of kids in america <laughs> um you know if you're going to do that you know go all the way and and just good luck good luck (laughs) but um stick to the melody yeah i I think a lot of artists could do with that advice whispered into their ear sometimes yeah how did it feel did it feel like you know um not payback but that that sense of recognition when you are an album artist 
all of a sudden at last you know you'd, you'd had great success all the way through but close was was something different in your career in terms of you know you you were album artists with that it changed mm. things how you're perceived yeah i think it got people also looking back to the albums previous as well they kind of thought well hang on if this is what this is like maybe we got, you know that sort of checkered love girl and view mm. from a bridge girl actually those other albums which were, which were there about four at that point i think You'll remind me, Lee. Five. Five. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of great stuff on them. And people went back and listened to the back catalogue, and that was, that was really good. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was an, a real roller coaster of a career. You know, we sort of came in really strong with the first album, and everyone loved that. It was hugely successful. And the second one, too, and Select and Cambodia and all of that. And then, and then it, we kind of started going on a bit of a bit of a round-the-houses ride, mm-hmm. uh, experimenting with our songwriting, experimenting with my voice. Uh, also, quite a lot of distraction, because I was doing a hell of a lot of travelling. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it lost its direction. I would say sometimes mm. just because I physically wasn't there. It's impossible to write when you're travelling anyway. Yeah. Uh, or, or touring, you know, it's just impossible. Everyone says, oh my God, it must be such an inspiring time. To it's not. It just don't work. It's exhausting. Yeah, and you're knackered, and, or you're on, you, you might be on a high from the gig yeah. and you, you have a party, and the next day you're feeling a bit rough. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, 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 there never seems to be a good time to, to no. actually sit down and, and you know, b- write something you know it's just impossible i think we there were a few years where we things were put together in less an ideal uh, situation but you know you can always if even you know it doesn't matter which album you hear in those during that time it's still always there there's still gold amongst them all there's still a a craft going on there's still ricky's amazing production the melodies shining through and the whole thing evolving uh it's it's, you can see that now i think in in the fullness of time but you know at that time, of course, in '88, when Close came out and all this success again, we you know we'd already known what the what the roller coaster was like going down, and then to come back up so high and so big and so bad, of course, because we ended up on Michael Jackson's yeah. Bad Tour um, with that at, at the same time. So it was. I just thought, oh, here we go. When you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. But we knew what it was like to not be hot. <laughs> but it was great as well, the journey that Close had, because the, the Close success wasn't instant. The single success was, but Close as an album, as we say, flew as a result of Four Letter Word and, and stayed yeah. around for a while. So. Mm-hmm. so we're on to track seven, which is another interesting one. So it's Say You Really Want Me, which is, you know, not a wild song either. But my God, you've got some musical royalty involved in this one in terms of who's behind the scenes. So Rod Temperton, yes. you know, who'd worked with <laughs> yeah. my Michael Jackson on Thriller. He'd yeah. worked with Karen Carpenter. He'd worked with Quincy Jones on Places You Find Love, which is one of my favourite songs of Quincy Jones from his um, Back on the Block album, I think it's called. Um, it's part of a soundtrack as well. It's on the Running Scared soundtrack, which is a big movie. Yeah. Is that the influence of MCA and the yes. American Record Company? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was totally that. And um, yeah, they got involved and we never got on that great with them, did we, Rick? We just didn't get on with Not them. Really? 
we didn't get on with them but that this was their contribution to my career and we ran with it and we had some fun with it and god the video was gorgeous wow. to make <laughs> you made a lot of boys girls and and everyone happy uh, with that video yeah <laughs> I, I mean i'll tell you what there's nothing there's nothing bad about writhing on four gorgeous men in a swimming pool <laughs> with, with not much on i mean you know this, it, I, I kind of fully just gave in to the whole of whatever it was there's only one way to express say you really want me when, um, and, when um, i look at the recording notes on it it says recorded at larrabee sound and westlake audio in la which like legendary places did you yeah. record your bit there or yeah, is that yeah. uh, what was that like being yeah there? it was it was amazing i mean working around those sorts of those places those legendary places being in la, LA at that time in Were my you, career are you with kim when she goes and does that stuff or is she out there oh, no i didn't go to that session yeah so I was and I, yeah so it was um it was it was wonderful to be part of that I, it, there was a part of me that didn't feel part of it it felt like I felt like a bit of a fish out of water but it was an incredible experience to be that age and uh, being driven around in a in a open top Cadillac and turning up at Larrabee Sound and yeah it, the, the atmosphere and the whole experience was wonderful for me but I think from a musical point of view I always miss my my bestie who was yeah. in, back in back home and but he got to do a little <laughs> bit of twerking twerking tweaking <laughs> no twerking <laughs> tweaking of the single version too so it gets a bit of a Ricky touch oh, to no, yeah yeah I, I can't remember what I did to it but um, you and more pizzazz again definitely pizzazz i pizzazzed um, it did i uh, the other thing not thinking about the video for a second but p when people think about visuals back in the day as well as thinking about some videos being iconic you've actually done some really iconic tv performances and i know it's lip syncing and all the rest of it and i don't know if you remember this one but this is one of my favorites of your tv performances you performed on a show called the roxy which was um itv's answer to top of the pops you know like when we used to have the gallop chart which was the bbc chart and that was top of the pops and then for a while we had the kind of like commercial top 40 and it was kid jensen and other people presented it on the rock seat and you had yeah. and this is I don't know if you remember this outfit you had this two pound jumble sale red velvet dress yes I remember it that was an iconic Kim performance TV it was yeah I mean I, th I think the uh, the imagery and the video of that kind of, of that whole ear of that song overtook the song itself um, we don't do the song live and we never will I don't think it's not one we feel emotionally bound to but you know it, it, it we don't you know it's fine it's just not one of our favorites but we you know we we, we respect that it happened and it was a well, you a, gave it, it some welly on journey. that TV show and all that red velvet, it, it was worth it just to wear that red velvet <laughs> dress yeah from the jumble sale did look great didn't it <laughs> and i think it's roughly the same week because uh, you can tell by your hair bizarrely that you did an elvis tribute for itv as well where you did um one night with you and um Big with Humble boy george Love, with boy george yeah yeah i did i remember that very well yeah so. that was that was very good yeah yeah i remember i remember that very well working with boy george at that point and having you know i mean we'll talk about boy george later yes, but i've got a love some lovely stories about yeah. boy so we'll talk about that later so if anyone is listening to this wondering what we're, we're talking about in terms of that performance it is someone has uploaded it on youtube so you can watch put the Roxy and say you really want me and Kim Wilde into YouTube and you'll find it <laughs> <laughs> go relive it um, but very briefly as well the video was banned it actually oh got I remember banned. that yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, something to do with um, and I'm going to be careful how I say this and I don't think I think I can say this I think it was partly due to the actual piece of jewellery that is called a pearl necklace <laughs> 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 Which might not have been completely accidentally uh. chosen. <laughs> 
but you know what, Lee, and this is the truth, I had no idea. <laughs> Are we actually, really meant to? No, really. That? I mean, I, I had no idea. Wear but, this, Kim. This I, will be great. Do you know what? I had no idea. I had no idea about pearl necklaces. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, girls don't know about that stuff. I, I think, uh, I'd love to have been a fly on the wall when someone told you. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't until afterwards that someone told me, you know what that's all about, don't you? So I was pretty naive still in those days. <laughs> I'm glad we got that one. Thanks for reminding yeah. us. Um, hey, Mr. Heartache is track eight. We've mentioned this one oh, already. Yes. But um, another interesting journey as well, because when I think about this, this was, I was thinking about this the other day. So I don't know if you saw the news story recently about a very popular singer called Ray, R-A-Y-E. She's a great British soul singer. She had loads of hits kind of featuring on other people's stuff. She signed to a big label, but she put this really desperate tweet out the other day, basically saying, I'm trapped with my record company. They won't release my album. I read that. And it, and loads of artists have, have jumped to her support, basically yeah. saying, you know, this is awful and, and how you feel. And the reason I mention it is back in the day of, of Close and of Hey Mr. Heartache, Hey Mr. Heartache wasn't a big hit, but it didn't matter. You know, you got to carry on, you got to release the album, you got to release, you know, more singles off it. But for some artists now, they don't get that opportunity. No. It's so different. Yeah. You know, yeah, if the first yeah, single yeah. doesn't go boom, that's it. That's it. There's yeah. no album deal no. as no. part of the way that it's worked out for them. So it just, when I was, yeah. when I was thinking about, again, that journey of close, it, even on your career, has you've talked about having those ups and downs. Close had but its own journey. The album itself had exactly like the same that. journey, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And And do you know why, hey, Mr. Heartache was first single? Was it? What, what, I think what, we we, we always knew that it wasn't going to be the one that that, that was like Kids in America for uh, for, for Kim's first album. Had to, we had to go with our strongest one, and that that was always going to be the the first single. Mind you, the rest of the album wasn't actually written. Then I don't think was it. I can't no. remember now. <laughs> um, uh, but either way, it would have been the first it single. It was quite close. Pardon the pun. It was they were quite close in timings. Yeah, um, but I, I just think um, we we just felt that it would be a lovely way to introduced the album and um we weren't expecting it to go top five or number one or anything like that we we, we would just we just thought it'd be a lovely way to introduce this the this new sound and new kim wilde era and um and it really did it did exactly what we wanted it to do and uh, it wasn't a massive hit but that was that was fine because we had stronger ones on the way, oh, yeah. as, 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 as commercially stronger. Yeah. Um, not necessarily better, but uh, just com- more commercial. Um, I think "Hey Mr. Heartache" is a fabulous song. I, 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 we love producing it. Tony Swain was, was wonderful. I co-produced the, the whole album with Tony. Um, he's, he's a wonderful talent, and he he really put his stamp on that on that track. I think we, um, where I'd be doing like most of the programming, he said. Well, maybe try this, maybe try that. And he came up with that lovely, that that was all Tony. And uh, the moment he, he did that against this this bass drum, sort of like just punching away, it just took it in a, in a different kind of way that I think I would have gone. And um, it just set it alight and it just sounded great. And then the more we recorded the vocals and then Junior came in. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And some yeah, of those yeah. back and vocals yeah. and it's just like wow this is really happening and yeah. it just felt like the perfect song to introduce the new Kim Wilde yeah lovely so this is an interesting one i'm interested to see how you react when i tell you track nine is rage to love love rage that track. To love. Yeah. yeah i love it do you know what I, I found an old remix album uh yesterday when i was going through my old kw stuff is it the aussie one there's an aussie remix album i wonder if it's that it might be it's got like a, uh, a cross on it of uh, it's blue and it's anyway um i, I couldn't find the cover <laughs> 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 and i thought oh i'm gonna listen to see what that and all of a sudden um, Rage Love came on that that guitar that opening riff is so beautiful and I, I love the song so much and we haven't put it in the set and we're so excited about because we're going to introduce it into the new set for the greatest hits next year in a big way um, can't tell you much more than that but we're very excited about that um, maybe not in its entirety but certainly you know all the best bits of that song are going to find their way uh, live next year um, but if a homage to dad in a way it's got yeah. it's got a real rockabilly feel hasn't it yeah um I would say more Stray Cats. Stray Cats. Yeah. Stray Cats. Yeah. Yeah. Stray Cats. I was a huge fan of Stray Cats. I loved them. Brian Setzer's guitar. Was well, Dave Edmonds was, was the obvious choice to come in and mix it um, because he worked with the Stray Cats and he'd got that amazing sound for Runaway Boys. And I kind of like thought that's kind of what it needed. Um, and he came in, bless him. He, he, said he just wants to do it he didn't want didn't want to talk about money or payment or anything like he said look i just want to do it and he came in and he spent the whole day and i I literally deliberately went out and just did i can't remember where where i went but i just wanted to stay away so i could come back in with fresh ears and um and what he did with that track he just transformed it from from being i mean it did sound great when i left it but when i came back it sounded amazing i yeah. mean what he'd done with the all the, the drums and the bass and that's this kind of like the, the the slap bass on it and everything it's just fantastic you know I remember that um, great remix you did there was a really great remix that rick did uh, of it it's, i don't know where it is now i'm not sure that it's made it on the album i don't think it has but um yeah 
great track and as i say you know we have a great affection yeah. for that track yeah but bless him he d- he did a, a wonderful job and i think we we paid him um with a crate of champagne <laughs> <laughs> bless him good on you david yeah thank more, you dave bless more you. iconic outfits too the jackets that you wore in the video like the the, the yeah uh, rockabilly i call them rockabilly yeah, yeah i think actually that jacket was my dad's and i have worn my dad's jackets over the years um that whole connection with rock and roll is very strong for both ricky and i, I mean of course kids in america was uh born from rock and roll um and punk and yeah. a new year and new wave um yeah rock and roll is, is always somewhere at the heart of what we do somehow it's never that far away more so now than ever actually yeah 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 that's very true absolutely and 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 along with that i've been has jackets and um and uh, interestingly, the the jacket that I'm wearing on the cover of the Greatest Hits Pop Don't Stop album is my dad's jacket. Oh, wow. And um, he, he he gave it to me several months before I took the photograph. And, and I wanted to wear it for, for, for that as, as a way of having him on the album, um, as well as a writer. Yeah. It was my homage to him wearing that jacket. But also underneath, I'm wearing um, a Sex Pistols T-shirt, which people, you know, those with a canny eye yeah, will yeah, notice. Yeah. And that's where I, that's my homage to, to punk, obviously, which is what inspired Ricky and I so much. So the, the, the sleeve is, is telling a lot, a lot more of a story than it might appear yeah. on first yeah, glance. We're nearly halfway on, on CD one and track 10 takes us back to love is it's who do you think you are? Yeah. Very popular with the fans, this one. Lots of people pick this as one of their faves. Great video. Yeah, fabulous video. Really, I had so much fun. And it was very hard work and all those different looks. Loads and of looks. Trying to look like uh, Betty Davis or, 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 or what's the other one? Joan Crawford. I think I was doing a Joan Crawford. I did a few people anyway. Yeah, I, I only did myself at the end, I think, <laughs> which was really silly. Um, but yeah, I had a lot of fun talking about that video i mean Big pop it wasn't song. about anyone in particular you know no. it was inspired obviously by lots of huge personalities yes. around us you know you go, and and now i think about it you know i mean it does take a big personality to go out there and, and be a pop star and and carry it off and and you know of course some of that ego does go to some people's heads and sometimes it is gross to see and sometimes it's a bit offensive and boring and tired um but most of the time i would say the vast majority of time most artists carry it off with a lot of humility a lot of class a lot of excitement um, I think musicians, you know, they, they get a lot of bad press about being um, big-headed or, or it's gone to their head. Or I, I think most of them don't actually deserve it. And um, and there aren't more people like that in the music industry than there are in any no, other industry. I, mean, I spent a few years in the horticultural industry, and I can tell you that there's just a, there's a huge amount of egos in that industry yeah. as there are in the music industry. So, yeah. Just not written about just not written no. about yeah. um, I, I remember um, when, when I wrote that um, the, all the cause and the backing thinking this has got something I, I really like this and then it was recorded and then it was released and the video and blah blah blah, blah. and then we went on to the next track and I started writing that and I, for some reason that particular song kind of was, was uh, I left it and I didn't hear it for years after that and as we were coming to do this um, Greatest Hits tour, which has now obviously been cancelled because of the COVID. Postponed. Postponed. Postponed, yeah. yes. But it was cancelled then when it first 
yeah. And um, so I, I was kind of like refreshing myself with all these different songs. And that one came on, and I was really surprised. I'd totally yeah. forgotten so much about that it's song. Really and, and the chord changes and everything. I just thought, wow, this, that's actually not bad at all. So yeah. I, 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 I really... I mean, I loved it back in the day. It wasn't one of my um, uh, ultra favourites, but I did. I really loved it. Um, this, this is such a good opportunity to point out that whenever I talk to Ricky, you, you just have no idea of, of some of the good stuff that you've done not just in terms of how good it is but the stuff you don't even remember doing so for love is you did loads of remixes and extended versions the try again club mix for example is a stunner it's an absolute stunner it's not it's i'll take your word mix. for it. it it's amazing <laughs> try again is a beautiful song anyway from love Love's, is love try oh, but the club mix thank you is, is really good it oh. and you did an extended version of touch by your magic which was really really good you oh, did a wow. club yes, mix of many miles away oh. yeah so yeah, you see too. i don't remember any of those <laughs> yeah, and um, yeah. I, I don't remember i don't even remember doing them the try actually. again club mix is is definitely up there oh well and it's very it takes the song somewhere very very different from the original version of I'll it. take that Lee I'll take that it's a, it's, it's a great <laughs> trust me um, but, um, but yeah, no, yeah just quickly uh, mm. it, was, uh, it was just lovely to come back to that and, and hear it again but it, when, I first, when I heard it again it's kind of like hearing it for almost for the first time and, and there are the certain things that suddenly happen I thought oh, God that wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought of doing that yeah. but I did it that's, that's amazing yeah, to yeah. fans so, I so think strange. that you know we hear your stuff and you know absorb your music and when new stuff comes out and, I, and I, I, it becomes wallpaper to us because it's part of our life forever yeah. but for you guys I guess if you're not playing if it's not part of your live set yeah, unless you're doing next. a greatest yeah. hits or putting something together, you've, you're you're on. To well, that's it. Next. You're, you're, yeah, your they head's in a totally yeah, different space. They don't so, stick yeah. with you in yeah, the same way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So track eleven, another big favourite of mine. Definitely should have been the first single from Love Moves. It's can't get enough. It's oh, never yeah. just a stranger yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Again, that that, that, that that chorus came really quickly. Can't get enough of your love. That's the first thing I, th- I thought of when I was sing- when I was writing it, and that's the the title that it just stuck. And um, yeah, it's just a, a love g- the guitars in it as well. Yeah, yeah. love the energy yeah. of it. Big rock and it's really fun to do live. And um, yeah. we have done it over the years, not in recent years, and we are going to be putting it back in in the it set again. It its spot. Yeah, big energy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll have um, to be extra fit for that one. <laughs> <laughs> and when we talk about remixing, our our dear friend Steve Anderson oh. did a club mix of that as DMC yeah. of Can't Get yeah. Enough of yeah. Your Love back in the day. Legend, yeah, yeah. The, the legend. legend that is. <laughs> yeah. So he's touched. He is, where, he is such he? a legend. We love you, Steve. We love, love you, Steve. We do. Yeah, um, we do. The, thinking about imagery as well, I would say photo shoot wise, the photos that you did for the whole Love Moves album and across the singles are really beautiful. John Rutter, I think, did them. There's yeah. a consistency to them and yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. really, really, really lovely. You know, I mean, I've done a lot of photographs over the years and I have a lot of them at home, far too many, and I, it's really, I did, what to do with them. Um, uh, I took some really great pictures and and, and and fortunately, you know, like like a lot of people, my eye always goes to the not so good pictures <laughs> and I sort of think, oh God, you know, that, pi- 
pitch oh my god but actually yeah there were some beautiful ones and they were amongst the best i yeah, think yeah the love moves ones are, mm. are lovely yeah so we're, we're moving on to track 12 and a, and a huge change a huge era here it's the now and forever era and it's breaking away which is mm. the first single from now and forever mm. whole different team involved here yeah yep. damon rochefort who we know was nomad and aaron friedman hit. and friedman was involved yeah. i remember aaron they, they were badged as um serious rope that was their their kind yeah, of production yeah. moniker very different experience for you kim having mm. backing vocalists you not doing your own backing vocals and yeah. having you know a totally different feel yeah. yeah how do you look back on breaking away well i love that album it's it's amongst my personal favorite albums now and forever um and I loved Breaking Away. I loved every single track on the album. And if, if I go back and listen to Miles' stuff, that would be the album I'll start off with. The songs, songs like Life and Soul, oh, which I just song. absolutely mm. adore. Actually, Life and Soul was a song that came about because we'd been on tour just prior to recording the album. And I remember I was sat at the front with a coach drive and we were talking about Rick, who'd been up to his usual antics. And, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the driver said, oh, he's the life and soul of this bus, isn't he? And I said, that's a great title for a song, you know. I'm going to write that when I get back and I loved making the twist on it that it was it wasn't it was yeah I, I made the twist yep. on the lyric and mm. it made it mean something else um, yeah Breaking Away I mean the, oh my god the backing vocals as well Amazing. the singers were just glorious right across the yeah, album yeah. lighting it up I mean um, Sylvia Basin James I seem to remember on there Melanie Lewis Georgia Lewis yeah and the me- awesome. their voices together just Incredible. created this wall of beautiful yeah angelic sound yeah and gave the album it's 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 a, a great characteristic yeah and who very wouldn't vibey. want to go rollerblading in la to shoot a video yeah well i had that option and i had been <laughs> i had i did know how to rollerblade a bit and i just said just make me look like i'm much better than i am <laughs> so of course which they did um but yeah uh, it was a wonderful time in my career to uh, just kind of really in, uh, indulge in some of the R&B grooves that I was really into. You know, I loved Aaliyah and... Uh, Pebbles and Jeanne. Jeanne I and yeah. I, mm. I loved all of that music and, uh, and I had boom books, boom sort of box put in my car and I, I really lived the whole genre of that of that music and I still really love that. I mean, uh, Hey Mr Heartache was like that, you yeah. know, it was going down our sort of funky soul mm. road and that is a big part of, of our great love of music too mm. and you love your dance stuff rick don't you so love, how love did you how stuff. did you approach that kind of Changing. Well, I think Aaron Friedman, uh, working with Aaron, was 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 a real inspiration for me. I mean, he's he's like me. He's a pro- uh, a writer and producer, and he programs as well. So um, I learned a lot from Aaron. I, I I always learn from working with other with other producers and other writers. Um, it's a lovely process for me, uh, and it's 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 nice for me to have someone to bounce off ideas from, and I, I can do it on my own. But it's just nice to have someone else there, and 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 for affirmation sometimes you know and and aaron was um yeah i learned a lot from him with with how he programmed and um that you know i don't know anybody who works the same way with with the uh programming that uh, uh, app that i use um everybody has their own different ways of working and and aaron was was totally different to mine but i learned a lot from from him and it was in that whole process and and in turn he was like i learned a lot from me which is lovely he was like well i wouldn't maybe i wouldn't have done it that way but now you have that's really interesting maybe try 
this, maybe try that. And it was, it was a really lovely process. I've got lots of wonderful memories of working with him. He's a lovely man and um, incredibly talented. And and he introduced us to all those amazing um, backing vocalists and, yeah, and, and yeah. musicians, you know, some of the musicians he brought in as well. So, yeah, yeah it's a, w- a wonderful uh, process for me, and I, I loved, absolutely loved it. Something and and Hypnotise was one of my favourite oh, songs. Oh, Hypnotise, yeah. Which yeah. sort of went more down a sort of more traditional Kim Wilde, you know, that could that's, that's a Kim and Ricky song. Hypnotise could have been on previous albums. In fact, any previous album virtually. It was a classic Kim and Rick song. Um, and it's actually one of my favourites on the album. Uh, well, that was uh, very inspired by Jam and Lewis as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, Legends. they're absolutely incredible at the time. All the Janet stuff that they were doing and all these beautiful chords and lovely lush synth sounds. And, um, yeah, incredible producers and, and just beautiful sound that, that, that they had. And that was very inspiring for me at the time. The other thing about Breaking Away, I remember talking about TV. It was, I think, one of the first times you'd gone full out on choreo and learned dance routines. You had male dancers for yeah. Breaking Away. How, was, how do you approach yeah, that? Yeah, my, my um, video director, Phil Griffin, um, his partner, now husband, was uh, an amazing dancer and would choreograph the guys for me. Um, and, and I did get involved in that a bit. I've never seen myself as a dance artist. I see others do it really really well you know Kylie Madonna those people do it great um you know stick with what you're good at I mean I, I never felt but this, myself... this was the pre-Ricky Wilde choreography obviously <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I... oh that's the you spin me round choreography <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and aliens and aliens oh, choreography aliens, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah, I yeah. mean choreography. I, I can have some fun with choreography, but it ain't my bag, and I know it's it's not what I'm best at. But I did have some fun with that, and uh, it was it was great to go into that area for a while. But it didn't hold much interest for no. me. Fair, Fair as a dancer. <laughs> <laughs> um, track thirteen, not unlucky at all, is beaut. Another, which keeps saying this classic Kim and Ricky track. It's time from Love Moves, second single from Love yeah, Moves. Yeah, time uh, again. That was a uh, very Jam and Lewis. You know those those kind of uh, Jam and Lewis chords. Um, yeah, it's a, that was a, a lovely, lovely song to, 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 to program and write. And, um, and Kimmy's vocal on that, I, like, I really yeah. love Kimmy's vocal and the lyric that she came up with as well was absolutely beautiful. But again, time, you know, it's, it's such a, 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 just one word, time. Yeah. Falling in love with you. I didn't get time. why that one didn't connect with the public. It's one of those where you look back <laughs> and you just, and I, and I, didn't see why that didn't smash that one you just can't occasionally you just think i don't get why this hasn't connected this one because it's a beaut it was kind of it's a bit of a departure musically from what we'd done before i guess maybe maybe people weren't ready for that to you part two to you came in a way there's something melodic yeah 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 yeah. maybe a little maybe but sound wise it's it was more soulful rather than poppy i think it was more soul- I, yeah. I, I think that people wanted to hear pop stuff yeah. really at that time but I yeah think i think it's did. important to try different avenues and go d- d- different yeah um actually now i'm thinking about it yeah because that's where there was a bit of choreography and every time and i have seen that video and i see that bit of choreography <laughs> and I, I absolutely cringe uh, like, oh my god thank god thank god you didn't you didn't inflict any more of those moves <laughs> on the world um we we did actually do some lovely filming in florence in italy which was utterly beautiful yeah, it's a lovely, oh lovely my god it was so gorgeous there so yeah you know there are lots of lovely memories of that song 
Super, track 14, and again, very different for its time. Um, it was Love is Holy. Yeah. So first single from Love is Big Shift. Ricky's not involved, you know, with the first single, Shock. Yeah. So pressure <laughs> off, which might have been nice for you yeah. at the time. You're off yeah. with Rick Knowles and yeah. Ellen Shipley. Yeah. Oh, I love to with Rick Knowles. I'm not quite sure how that came to be actually but um i mean c- clearly obviously he had, you know his track record was was glorious and um uh, mca were up for you know getting me to collaborate with other people of, of you know that sounded like a great idea at that time in my at that stage in my career um so yes yeah, so i was over in america working with rick knowles he was a a, a ball of energy oh, i guess he hasn't <laughs> changed i mean what was it true inc- that you used to have to record the vocal like literally almost a hundred times you'd get you to oh, do it really? over and yeah. over and over do you know what he worked me so hard that in the end i ended up in hospital <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well at least you've never done that with you. <laughs> yeah. no literally i was in la <laughs> and i was getting these terrible uh, headaches and um i couldn't work out why and i was really worried about getting on the plane and i made them take me to hospital to have a look and see what was going on but it was literally just a stress and strain wow. of working with rick knowles right. in a studio it was very intense really exciting he was a ball of energy he was just great he loves pop music like you wouldn't believe i thought i'd never meet someone who loved pop music more than rick and i did and uh, and then he played me love is holy uh, on a guitar and uh, he, uh, he you know this is the demo that um this just flying around i said that sounds like a smash to me rick what are you doing with it he said well nothing right i'll have that and and um, yeah, I, it's a lovely song. It's beautiful. And the video was awesome. That expensive dress. Yeah, expensive dress and beautiful lighting and just gorgeous photographs. So it was a lovely moment in my career. Yeah, lovely. Um, track 15 is If I Can't Have You. So this is obviously mm. at the time of the first greatest hit, the first proper greatest hits back yeah. in 93. Yeah. So the mm. singles collection. Um, I was always curious to know what other covers did you think about? Because obviously you decided you were going to go with a cover, not take a risk with an original song and, and go with something that people would know. Uh, I, I have to say, um, my wife, Mandy, oh. um, she was, um, she said, oh, she, she'd been listening to it and she said to me, she said, oh, I love this song. and This, this could be a good cover. And that kind of like sparked the, um, the, the idea, really. And I thought, well, yeah. Hmm. yeah well maybe if we have some guitars and maybe if we make it a bit rockier so i did my version yeah. which had like loads of guitars and yeah. like a, t- a typical ricky wild punky kind of vibe to it um and then mca heard it and said well we don't really hear it that that way but we want to get it remixed so I thought, yeah, great, go for it. And then Phil Kelsey did, obviously did the remix, um, and it came back. And I thought it, it wasn't my cup of tea. I've got to be honest; it wasn't really how I'd heard it. Um, but it sounded good, and it sounded like it. So I, I, I was, I wasn't, um, I wasn't going to go against it at I think all. You went to number one in America. Uh, sorry, in Australia. Yeah, so I was yeah. in Australia at the time. Yeah. I was living in Australia for a year, and that song was everywhere. Yeah, yeah. the video was. Well, they used to have video screens. Um, in the nightclubs in Australia where I was on the Gold Coast for that year and that video just played on a loop every it was really day. Yeah. It was very I mean, it's a, such a great song. video. I must have to, I must say myself. <laughs> it was Kim. It was an eye-catching video. <laughs> uh, we won't discuss the reasons well, why. It was eye-catching, <laughs> definitely. Um, um, so, yeah. yeah. So, so that was great. It happened at a great time. Like and Jackie Graham did backing vocals on that, I think, didn't she? 
she may well have done um that's something lee might know <laughs> i can't remember now did jackie do oh my god because we love jackie we talk about jackie um, a bit later on quite maybe. soon i think actually. she probably did actually now i can hear her voice singing on it maybe but um We'll contact her afterwards and check. Yeah, I can't remember. It was a wonderful thing to kind of get the, the greatest hits at that point. It did so, so well all over the world. Um, we've got discs flying around every, well, all over our walls from all over the world for that. And it was a, a wonderful time for us, you know, a, a collection, a, a retrospective of what we'd done, where we'd been. Um, and it gave us a lot of confidence to kind of move forward. Moving yeah. on, we yeah. will, we're going back to Now and Forever, which is nice. So it's track, the, the second single from, from that, which is This I Swear which is a Tony Swain songwriting. Uh, he wrote that one with Pam yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane, who also wrote Genie in a Bottle, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, so amazing writer. Amazing writer. Yep. Um, how do you feel about that one? It's a, it's a lovely ballad. It's a beautiful-sounding song. I mean, if you put it on sonically and melodically, it's it's a beautiful... It's a sublime thing. Um and wonderful working with Tony Swain. I did, you know, months and months, hours and hours and hours of writing with Tony at his studio, at his home. One of the, other than working with Ricky, one of the most rewarding musically uh, collaborations. Several of our songs ended up on albums, uh, Storm in Our Hearts being one of them, um, and several others. But working with him, and when he, you know, when he played me this, I swear, I thought there's something really beautiful, special, and it kind of really went with, it reflected very much what was going on in my personal life as well so it's sort of uh the whole thing became a very personal thing for me and um it was it was a, a moment in time that got captured um by a by a song yeah. uh, which has happened over the years not yeah. not all the time but every now and again one song really um g- captures the zeitgeist of what's mm. going on in my life and um this i swear was one of them one of the other ballads, just to, to give it props uh, from now and forever, uh, that I talked to someone about the other day, hilariously, so I don't know if you know what Discogs is. Discogs is that second-hand online music store, which loads of people have been using through the pandemic when they've been bored and want to spend some money, and I've replaced loads of my old vinyl that way. Anyway, <laughs> I went and bought some stuff on the other de- from there the other day, and it turns out the seller was none other than, wait for it, CJ McIntosh. It was oh, his personal yeah. collection. Oh. And you have an ability to chat through the, through the app. So I said, oh, hi. Hi, CJ. I've just bought some of your 12 inches, ironically. Um, I said, loved your stuff with Kim from now and forever, particularly Come On and Love Me. And his reply was, that was my favourite song from working that was with a Kim. Great song. Yeah. yeah, Come On and Love Me. That was a that saucy was a little jazz. number. That was lovely. Jazzy, lovely smoky, saucy little number. Ooh, I love the way it just sort of like grooves on at the end as well. It just does, does. It doesn't it just kind of fade out yeah. or anything. Oh, it doesn't beautiful. stop when you think it might stop. It just carries on in this really funky groove. I love that. It's a real summer, yeah. soulful jam, I think. It really captures summer. That's yeah. a real summer sounding song. Yeah. So it was great. He remembered it instantly. He was like, yeah, that's my favourite from working with Kim too. And he replied, which was really sweet. Oh. So hello, CJ. And thank you for that song. It's an oh, yeah, amazing talent. A very yeah. uh, sexy little song. Yeah, it, it, was, it was wonderful working with him as well. Again, I, I learned a lot from CJ. And um, I, it's funny because we, we had two studios at, at Select Sound. And while he was, he'd be doing a lot of the programming in, in the front room and I'd be in, in the back room um, working on all the vocals so that's kind of how we work together and um but yeah he's uh, he was so talented and and uh very, you know very subdued and very cool and very chilled you know and it's very it's a very relaxing the whole thing was a very relaxing album and it sounded like it as yeah, well it did. so we 
can now talk about Jackie Graham because we're talking about track 17. I love Jackie Graham. We love I Jackie love, Graham. I love, yeah. Jackie Graham. It's like, love Jackie. It's I Can't Say Goodbye from Love Moves. Yeah. And you've uh. got not just Jackie Graham, but you've got Dion Estes on bass from yeah. George Michael's yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. And you've got Strings by Richard Niles. Yes. 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 You, yes. You've got some no. pop royalty in here. We did. Well. Yeah, we did. Yeah, what a wonderful experience that was. Uh, just working with all those incredible artists and musicians, it's just absolutely wonderful. Um, yeah, it was a real buzz going in the studio, recording the strings. and We did that at Rack. Yeah. Yeah, we did. It? I remember going in because... Um uh, I remember seeing the orchestra in there mm, and being yeah. in the in the in, in, in the control area. Yeah, what's that like when it's a song you've written? Oh, it was and then overwhelming. You see an orchestra. Oh, it was so overwhelming. Oh. I was so proud. It was one of those moments I have as a postcard in my head yeah. of seeing the strings happening to this song that had happened on a piano in my flat. So yeah, it was um, one of the magic moments. It's, a, it's our dear friend Steve Anderson's favourite track that you've done yeah. as well. Oh, he loves so that. He absolutely adores it. It's a beautiful lovely? song. It's a stunning song. Oh, yeah, isn't that mm. lovely? Yeah, a yeah, lovely tune. Yeah. Um, one of my personal favourites coming up now as track 18 is Love in a Natural Way. Oh, yeah. Uh, what a tune. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's a yeah. beauty. Yeah, again, that, 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 that whole... Um, Love in a Natural Way, that, that, that title came very... Uh, literally as i was playing it and um the first thing that came into my head and then uh dad i just said look this is the 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 title uh, take it away and see what you come up with you know so because i i prefer I, ideally I, I like the artist to be able to to be writing the the lyrics which is kind of like why these days um you know, Kimmy is writing most of the lyrics. I think it's important that an artist, she's going to be singing it and performing it and feeling it. So it's important that it comes from from the artist, I think. So, um, How did it work when the three of you wrote? Because that one is billed as, from a songwriting point of view, as you, Dad, and Kim, the three of you. So how do, do you do your bits separately? Do you add? And that on that particular track, I would be in the, in the studio. Um, I would write, I would uh, produce all the backing track. Uh, well, after I worked out a key with Kimmy, I would then get the backing track happening. Um, sometimes, if Kim was away on tour or gigging or doing other stuff, I would have given the backing track to Dad and said, "Look, we need to. We need. I've got the chorus here, but just come up with the rest of it." Um, and I think that was probably the case I at think that that's time. What happened and, then. Um, for and this then, because at that time we saw, you know, I'd barged in and taken over most of the songwriting duties with Rick. Um, so it was it was probably exactly that, you know, not that it wouldn't have been lovely to have Dad's lyrics, but certainly I I was so busy at that point, you know, closer take was taking me all over the world, and I was very rarely in the UK for very long at all. Um, but yeah, Dad did a fine, fine job with that. And the music is so beautiful. It's so lush. It's such a lovely melody. It's again, it's, it, it came so quickly. And, um, and I'm not saying that all the best ones come quickly, but most, most of the best ones do, I think. Yeah. What an achievement, though, to, you know, five top 40 hits off the oh, album. Amazing. That being Absolutely the amazing. Of, of the five. That's something... You know, it's a classy a, song, that. It's a pretty awesome classy achievement. Song. Yeah, it's lovely. That, that piano threw it out. It's lovely. Okay, we are nearly there, and I don't know what there is left to say about this song. It's track 19. It's You Came. You know, it's <sighs> it's everyone's favourite. It's it's my personal favourite in terms of it's the... I think it's the best pop song ever written by anyone ever. <laughs> but I'm bound to say that. Well, it was, the, it was the last song written on the Close album. Um, we, we'd 
delivered the album to MCA and they said, yeah, we're happy with what we have and um, we don't need any more tracks, that's it. So as far as they were concerned, the album was closed. Um, I, I felt that um, my favourite album of all time was Dare by The Human League and it still is one of my all-time favourites. I still listen to every single track and each track is absolutely magic and beautiful and stunning. Um, and I just felt that there was, there, to make close anywhere near that, we needed just one more. Um, so the record label were coming up for a, a playback, um, later on in the, in the week. And I had a weekend to kind of like get, get a new track happening and hopefully finish before they came up. So I thought, right, that's it. It's got to be done. So, um, I got up on the Saturday morning, uh, went into the studio, booted all the stuff up, just me on my own. Didn't have any, anybody in there. And I was listening to, um, life on your own by the human league and those beautiful chords that, um, and so I was like, that was the inspiration behind the chords that were playing, changed them around a bit. Um, then I came up with the chorus, you came, um, it was fairly soon after my, um, youngest, and that's on my oldest, uh, uh, boy, Marty had been born. Uh, had just been yeah. born. And, um, at that time and so that was kind of like the inspiration behind it so you can change the way i feel no one could love you more it's, it's like a love song to your to your children and so um so then i phoned up kimmy and i said look i've come up with this idea come down and we'll kind of like we'll work on it and so she came in obviously absolutely loved it um i had the idea of making it a, obviously the, the the inspiration was about a child but i said if we can try and make it a little bit more global and, and a little bit more it could be a, 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 pertain it to anything it could be a best friend it could be a lover it could be a child it could be religion it could be anything that that people can relate to that's changed them that that's introduced into their lives that has made that change the way they they think and um so uh yeah so kimmy totally got it went away for a a, a, a day i think um came up with an incredible lyric i mean absolutely smashed it um came in and said look this is the idea i've got yep love it absolutely love it perfect it's just what i wanted and then um we recorded the vocals and we recorded all those lovely backing vocals in the chorus and and um and we mastered it just before they were the record label were coming down and um and so yeah and obviously i, I came in I, my first thought because i've been working on it so much over those that those few days was i thought it was a little bit chorus heavy and I, i've kind of explained this to you before lee yeah. where there's certain tracks i've worked on in the past where the chorus is fabulous but because it's so good, I've kind of overdone it. I feel it's just too chorus heavy. And it's, it takes away from the magic when, if you've got like a verse and you can extend that verse and make it so when that chorus comes in, you're waiting, you're waiting, waiting. And then it comes, it's like, oh, I love this chorus. But whereas if you play the too many choruses, then it loses this, the punch of it. And, the, um, and I felt that UK may, may, a little bit like that because the chords are very similar in the verse to the choruses and the chorus is so big um so my concern was it's just a little bit chorus heavy because i've been working on it so so intensely so then i went away from it for like a day i think it was and um and i came back and 
So I then played it back to Dad, and I said, well, you know, I've come up with this song, but I think it's might, it might be a little bit chorus-heavy, but it's a nice track to have on the album. And then, um, obviously, he heard it, and he said, Rick, that is an absolute monster. I said, really? He said, yeah. And then I kind of heard it with different ears after that, and I thought, yeah, this is actually really strong. And, uh, and then, obviously, the record label came up, absolutely loved it, and, yeah, the rest is history. But that's the story of You Game. What a song. Thank you for giving it to us. It's a oh, pleasure. Absolute you know, it's pleasure. It's a joy to sing it. it when we play it and we see the way, the joy that suddenly erupts in the audience. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And um, it's, just, it's just something we've missed so much during yeah, the pandemic yeah. is just seeing the faces and the joy of people's faces when yeah. they're singing that song with us. And um, so, yeah, I, we can't wait to just get back out. I think that song will never mean as much um, next year when we go out and play it. Than, than it has absolutely oh absolutely it's It'd be a very very emotional, emotional time. time yeah it's also going to get another lease on life i don't know if you know that this is happening but for a long time people have been hassling shep pettibone oh yeah the legendary producer remixer um to put an album together of his best remixes and shove it out on vinyl and he's picked the uk remix oh, and brilliant. it's on the vinyl oh that's wow that's coming, really cool um, yeah. amazing in a couple of months time and he had so much to pick from in terms of yeah the remix he's done the stuff that's he's done amazing. with madonna and i was looking through when i heard it was coming i thought i wonder if he's picked uk many has it's in oh the that's mix. really good uh, I love well we, we love shep fetch the bone <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask you about that. Um, we're going to wrap part one of this amazing chat to talk about, you know, a song that, you know, changed your lives, I'm sure, which is You Keep Me Hanging On, mm. you know, um, a number one smash in America. I've always wanted to, to, to ask you about that, Kim, in terms of where were you when you heard you were number one in America? What, what <laughs> does that feel like, knowing you're the best-selling song in, in the States? I mean, at that time, I was living in London, and but our studio was in Nebworth in Hertfordshire, so I was doing a lot of commuting and sp- spending a lot of time in Hertfordshire anyway, because Mum had uh, my little brother and sister. So I was uh, I was really itching. I guess some part of me really wanted to come home. Um, I was once more back in Nebworth in Hertfordshire, uh, probably at the studio. I think, yeah, I was certainly at the studio. We heard about it at the studio and we went to celebrate, I think, with an Indian meal, didn't we? <laughs> we went out for an Indian and that was kind of the way we celebrated. So we were never one to sort of go out and, uh, you know, and pop champagne in some exclusive restaurant somewhere. We were all in Hertfordshire. I mean, for us, it was like, let's just get back to work. Um, I, I think that's how we felt about it. It was just like, this is this is amazing i think i've got a dentist appointment quite soon <laughs> um mum had to pick the kids up from school uh rick was probably you know in the studio writing a new song no i'll tell you where i was oh, i was actually in psalm studios with brian may i know that's a little bit of a name drop <laughs> but um but at the time he was producing um uh the comic strip presents uh, bad news uh, band, which were like a spoof rock band, Rick Mayle and Aid Edmondson and N- Nigel Planer, um, and Pete. Oh, who's Pete's second name? Can't remember. I should know that. But um, but there was like a mock band, and I was programming all the drums up because Pete wasn't um, a, a drummer, but he he obviously was the drummer in the band. But so they needed drums, so I was there to produce the, uh, well, to program all the drums up on Fairlight. So. 
and also I, I did that because I was just desperate to work with Brian because obviously he's like my hero from years ago I remember listening to him as a kid Sheer Heart Attack was, was the first yeah. uh, the Queen album first Queen album I bought and fell in love with all those lovely harmonies big rock guitar beautiful so for me to work with my hero was an absolute honour um, and so we were like getting the drums happening and then we're in the halfway through the session the phone goes and I pick up the phone said hello and it's Nick and he said uh, it's a re- um, great news what's that mate hanging on it's just gone to number one in America wow that's fucking amazing <laughs> so I put the phone down I said Brian you won't not gonna believe this what's that I said hanging on Kim is um, we've just gone to number one in America he said oh Rick that's fantastic news the second verse we need the drums to <laughs> be lifted up a bit and I was brought right back down to earth again so quickly yeah back and, to um, but yeah that's so there, there I was programming drums and, uh, and we just had a number one in America what does that feel like though you know knowing uh, it was unbelievable produced the record oh, it's, it's unbelievable the biggest song yeah. in the land yeah, yeah. yeah. it must be incredible it's funny that, that uh, I remember when we were writing it, it all came from I had a Lynn 9000 I think you were writing it well no no the story <laughs> no. behind it I was writing a song well I'd started to write a song in um, in Little Nebworth um, Select Sound Studios and we're just sitting in the room and I, I was, I'd, I'd just got this Lynn 9000 and it had all these pads and I put these little bell sounds on each pad and I just kind of like put this got this little sequence going um, which is the intro um, bells that you hear that, that little and um, so I'm sort of trying to come up with a song kind of an idea melody over the top of it and I thought set me free why don't you well, that'd, be, that'd be good that goes over that well, actually maybe we haven't done, done many covers so I thought, and then I was like, the more I sung it I thought this could be really interesting so then I programmed the whole thing as keep hanging on and um and again kimmy came in and said um yeah i'm, I'm liking this it could be great how did you feel and for, like doing diner ross though is that quite daunting thinking i'm gonna say well we we totally changed it though we, uh, yeah. kim's stamp on it was like we yeah. we deliberately didn't hear totally. th- uh, their version her version of that um we, we just literally just got the lyrics and we just interpreted it. And I think we changed it. them even. We were pretty um, reckless with the yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that energy really is what got it to number one, you know, mm. that, that energy, that reckless energy that we put into it. And then we got... Um, and a telemessage from Lamont Dozier, yeah. which I have framed on my desk, which is, you know, thank you for making me look so good for the third, uh, yeah. making you keep me hanging on That's for the so third sweet. time. Number one. I mean, you know, what a great song. But Amazing. I'm so proud that, that Rick, that you got to, to make this, literally make the song your own, that yeah. we made it our own. And, you know, um, that's that's a real achievement and something we're so, so proud of. It's so funny how these things happen. I didn't go in there with the thought of, of doing a cover. Um, it just evolved. Um, and that's how generally all the best things happen, I think. If it's too thought about, it sounds it. Yeah. Well, we are at the end of part one of this amazing Greatest Hits Pop Don't Stop podcast. Part two to come shortly. Thank you both for taking us through these 20 tracks and more. We've covered more than those 20 with all the others we've brought in. And bring on part two. Beautiful. Thanks, Lee. 
Thank you, Lee, and thank you, Kimmy, for coming down. That was so lovely, talking about the old days. Uh, so many memories there that I'd totally forgotten about. And so lovely that Kimmy brought them back to life again. That was the chat about CD1 of The Greatest Hits. And the next Unsung Heroes episode, we will be talking about CD2. So please tune into that. I hope you enjoyed the show. And thanks again to Lee Bennett. Lots of love to you all and hope to see you in the second half. Cheers. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Unsung Heroes with me, Ricky Wilde, Jake Wood and Lee Bennett. Produced and created by myself and Jake Wood for Wildwood Productions. With music and editing, again by myself, Ricky Wilde. Artwork by Scarlet Wilde and hosted by Acast. Many thanks for listening. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.